This morning, I felt led to get us to look at seasons. Uh, it's the beginning of a new year and a time when we look back and a time when we look forward. You know, different seasons of life both require different things of us and allow different things for us. In Ecclesiastes 3, there are these uh, words, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And he goes on to say, there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. There is a time to tear down and a time to build. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And it carries on a little bit longer in the same vein, saying there are different seasons in which different ways of acting are appropriate. Uh, Elsewhere, there's a verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, it's verse 32, which says this, just in passing about a bunch of men who'd gone to join with David, and it says there were some men of Issachar, it's a place in Israel, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And what this tells us is there's, there's a blessing, it's, it's a good thing to know what season you're in. If you know what season you're in, then you can act appropriately, and that's a good thing, a blessing that we desire. So this morning, um, we're going to consider what season we're in. Now, it can be helpful to consider what season you're in personally. As you look at those different trees, some of you will immediately know, I'm in a, I'm in a winter season <laughs> right now. Others of you will know that it's like the sun of summer is shining over you, and different people will be in different positions. Or if you've just arrived in the UK from somewhere nearer the equator, you may be bemused by there being four seasons, because you're used to thinking simply in terms of dry or rainy. Uh, Nonetheless, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And the main thing that I'm going to unpack this morning, something about what seasons we're in and, uh, and how we act appropriately, just before I do that, I thought it's important to say, whilst many things that we do are seasonal, there are some things that continue for Christians through every season of life. Uh, Actually, it's true for Jews as well, in that it says in Habakkuk 3, in the Hebrew scriptures, that we can be joyful in all seasons. Though the fig tree doesn't bud, says the prophet, prophet Habakkuk, and there are no grapes on the vines, and the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, there are no sheep in the pen, No cattle in the stalls. Yet, says Habakkuk, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. So it's possible to be joyful in all circumstances, always to rejoice. And uh, Paul, writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, reminded him, we are called 
to preach the word in all seasons. He says, in season and out of season, there is no time when it becomes inappropriate to share the word of God. So some things go on through all seasons, um, but this morning we're going to think about what is seasonal and what we do about it. Now, I don't know what kind of season you're in personally. Well, for some of you, I do. Some of you I know are in a spring time. Some of you I know are facing challenges and feel maybe more autumn is passing to winter. Um, Personally, I don't know how it maps into the seasons of the year, but I think... um, For me, I know, the overarching word would be stretched. Um, Mind you, that's often been, it seems like my whole of my life probably has been, and some of you may feel this as well, has been a stretch. It seems, I just wanted to note the fact, because maybe not everyone will have picked this up, I would would please like to ask for your prayers, in that um, in the autumn, I agreed to take on leading a group of 20 churches, um, which is part of our Salt and Light network, 20 churches in 24 locations, which is we have been calling our sphere. It's going forward going to be called Salt and Light Advance, because we're going to move forward with that group of churches. I'm finding that a bit stretching, um, and would appreciate your prayers for the stretch. That's the season that I'm in. I'd encourage you later on when you get a chance, I'm not going to give you the microphone, but um, to talk to one another and say, Share what kind of season are you in individually, and to share that with others, and, and to invite people to pray for you, because every season has its own challenges. But what season are we in together as a church? Because as a community together, there's a, there's, a, there's a season for us as well. It might not coincide quite with the season that you're experiencing personally, But because we are together members of one body, the season that we're in together, even if it's different to the one that you're in personally, that matters and makes a difference as to how you need to behave, what you need to do in order to do the right thing, to understand the times and know what it is that you should do. So I thought I'd do a little trip through the last five years or so and explain a few things. Here we go. Do any of you remember 2014 here? A lot of you do. And some of you will remember that Sunday by Sunday we had Lego. Some of you remember that? And every Sunday there was an invitation to add Lego to this thing that we were creating. And um, that was because God had spoken to us clearly about a season of building brick by brick, one thing after another, steady and gradual growth. And we used Lego to help us keep that in focus. And then in 2016, God began to speak about change. Uh, In two words, there was a a clear um, call up to us, which came through Graham Hitwell and through the book of Judges, and particularly through Judges chapter 4. That's what this picture is about, because it's about chariots. There was a time in the history of the people of Israel where they'd entered into the promised land that God had given them, and initially they were intimidated by the people of the hill country, who were clearly quite big, big enough that they called them giants. And they couldn't imagine how they'd conquer 
those lands where those big people lived. But eventually they did. They entered the promised land and overcame the giants that were in the land, but couldn't find the courage to move down off the hills into the plains where there were different kinds of tribes, and in particular, tribes who had iron chariots, which was a you know, cutting-edge military technology and very intimidating again. And the word of God that came to us in early 2016, so three years ago now, is there are new battles that you, you can't rest on just having the kind of knowledge of, of battle that has sustained you so far. There are new battles to be fought. And in the same way that an earlier generation had to step up to kinds of, of battles that they'd never known before, that call comes again. It, it's an, although the language is slightly different, what Chris was saying earlier about giants being slain, it's the same kind of thing. It's like there are new battles to fight. And uh, we began to pray into that. We thought that it was probably particularly something to do with effectively communicating the good news of Jesus to people so that, they'd, that lights would come on and they'd receive it and understand it. Also, in early 2016, there was something else that came to us. Uh, words spoken about a change of season from winter to spring. And as we entered in, went on into 2016, we began to see something change. Uh, it's now nearly three years ago, some of you will remember this, since we rebooted our Sunday mornings. Uh, they had been not so good, and we reviewed them thoroughly. Chris and Lois led a team reviewing them thoroughly, and we restarted them in a different mode, and new life began to come. Uh, prior to that, I didn't really enjoy coming on a Sunday, and that's pretty bad when I'm the pastor of the church, so I don't know how everyone else felt, uh, but things, it was like something began to thaw. So there was a change of temperature and a change of season. God spoke about it, and then we began to see it. In 2017, we saw further developments, and I don't know what you make of this thing that many of us did 18 months ago, which was called the turning. If you don't know what the turning is, it, it's a pattern of cold contact street outreach where you go up to people you've never met before and say, hi, God's got an amazing plan for your life. And we did that. And this was an amazing thing that occurred in the May of 2017 about a third of us as a church went out and did this kind of cold contact street outreach, which is an extraordinary thing. I don't know if you understand how utterly extraordinary and how wonderful it is. I mean, how wonderful it is to lead a church where a third of the people will go out and do cold contact street outreach. That's like an unheard of thing in church life. And we did it. And as we did it, getting on for 300 people prayed a prayer of acceptance. Of like, I do want Jesus to save me. I said, I wonder what you make of it, because we haven't seen those people come to church. And we, many of us, left wondering, what was all that about? And the regular activity of going out on the streets is, has petered out. Here's what I understand. 
God called us to fight new battles in new ways. And an opportunity came along. These people had invented this thing called the turning. An opportunity came along to get out there and to, to seek to do battle spiritually in a different way. And we grabbed it with both hands. And there's the, the battle that I'm talking about, you see, the scripture says our battle is not with flesh and blood. It's, it's a spiritual battle. And... Uh, when we see significant concrete change and change in the lives of people, it's first of all achieved spiritually. Things begin in spiritual, uh, in the spiritual realms. That's where they, they have their origin. And when we went out on the streets, a, a few were there. I know that most of you felt like I did. You felt a right idiot. Felt weak felt foolish, felt, how can these words work? And in going out in the way that we did, we declared something of spiritual significance. We declared that our success does not come from being clever. And we declared that we were not going to allow what are like the kind of controlling spirits of our city of feeling important for being clever... We were not going to allow that kind of spirit to control us. And we were just going to do what the Lord told us to do. And we would obey him, and that would be that. We did that together, and it, it, did, something, it did something spiritually. It's been a key part of our journey together as a community that we faced up to if you're a spiritual stronghold, a spiritual giant of, of intellectual arrogance. And another one of just being passive. We faced up to those things. We did the right thing. And if you read the stories of Scripture, you find that again and again and again, success doesn't come from something really clever that was planned out. It comes from simple acts of obedience, which God then honors. We've yet to see all of the fruit of what took place a year and a half ago. I think in years to come, we'll look back and say, you know that season of 2016, 2017, some stuff was shifting in that season. We haven't yet seen all the fruit of it, but we're going to. In 2017, unsurprisingly, God spoke to us further. And there were words about it being time to change our mindset. You see, let's go back here. There's a kind of mind... Oh, I'm going the wrong... Where am I? Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, that's where I want to be. There's a mindset that's suitable for steady brick on brick on brick. It's, a, it's an enduring and persevering and faithful mindset. There are times when the best thing that we can do is to stand... And just a bit better than that is to add a little bit. But, but when you start to move into a season of things growing, of things having thawed and life coming, there's a different mindset that's needed in order to act appropriately for that season. And God began to speak about us planning for growth, expecting there to be growth, and getting ready for it. 
In response to that, something has been going on which will have been largely hidden from, from, from most people, uh, but it's something that's been going on amongst the church leadership throughout 2018 in response to this. In January last year, we invited a guy called Dave Oliver to help us as leaders turn up the sort of prophetic vision and pictures that we had of what the future might look like, to take that and to, in response to this thing, it's time to plan for growth, to take those things and to turn them into concrete plans for the future, things that we could do that would move us forward. Uh, we asked Dave Oliver to do it. Dave Oliver has two strong gifts and abilities. One is that he is a prophet with a capital P, not the kind that makes money, but the kind that speaks the word of the Lord. And though he is actually also, his other gift is he does have the gift of prophet of the money kind as well. He's a very successful businessman and was therefore able to help us by bringing those two things together. And as leaders in the church, we have been spending 2018 quietly working away at the task of taking prophetic visions and making them more concrete. We're still involved in that task. It's taken longer than we expected. We're expecting to share much more concrete vision for the future out of that after Easter. That's the time scale that we're on. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's still a bit of a work in progress. But, you know, as the winter turns into the spring, the development that's going on is underground. So that's all quite suitable, it seems to me. And yet, at the same time, even as that's happening, this is the picture in my mind as I think of what 2018 has been like. Spring has continued to unfold amongst us. There are more buds which have burst. There is more color and diversity amongst us. Uh, we have more social action going on than we ever have. Wonderful that Edge Housing has added three houses in this year, it's been, hasn't it? From two to five. Yeah, there we go. Uh, a chaplaincy has been established at Tyndale Community School, which is also bigger than it's ever been before. The business here at the King Centre is thriving. Uh, if you were to wander through to the rooms at the front where the kids are, we've just been able to replace all of the video projectors that are there with big TVs instead, because we're just keeping, we're just, that's just good building maintenance, keeping up with things as they need to be. But it's a sign, a visual sign, that the business here is going really well. We've had every student in Brooks University in this building in the course of the last year, because all of their exams now take place here. This, this is good, and, and a development for the building which we should celebrate. We had more guests than any of us can ever remember coming to our Christmas event just before Christmas. Some of them want to do Alpha, and I'd encourage you to pray that that Alpha course would start soon. And if you know others who want to do Alpha, there's something for them to join in with. We've begun new leadership training. Wave a hand if you're involved in some kind of leadership training at the moment. Yeah, there we go. There's a whole bunch of people that are involved in being trained as leaders. We've just commissioned new children's groups, which it seemed like it wasn't possible to do. We have new missional communities called Bunch and Cracked Pots that have begun as well in the back end of this year. And I look around and I think, well, there's a lot of new things 
that have grown up, different sorts of things that have grown up. You know what? We are in a springtime. That's, that's the season that we're in. As we enter 2019 as a church, spring is well underway. There we are. I liked that. There's more life yet to come, and it's coming. So here's the question that then spills out. We're in springtime, as we are. What do you do in springtime? Well, thankfully, there's a scripture which gives us a very clear answer to that question. It's in Zechariah chapter 10, and it says this. In springtime, ask the Lord for rain. That's why we started with that little phrase, ask the Lord for rain. Now, to explain this, we need to grapple for a moment with what seasons are like in Israel. This is in Europe, well, actually in um, you know, the mid-latitudes of the whole of the Northern Hemisphere. The year goes like this, 12 months. We start with winter and spring, and then we have summer, and then autumn, we get back into winter again before the end of the year. And if you're a farmer, then you sow in springtime and you reap in the back end of the summer. That's the seasons that if you live here, you have to become accustomed to. In Israel, they, like in many parts of the world, there's only two seasons. There's just summer and winter. Uh, sometimes also thought of as just wet and dry. Summer's dry, the winter's wet. And uh, things work a bit differently there. You sow most of the crops. They actually have a wider range of crops because it's a warmer place generally. But by and large, you sow crops towards the end of the calendar year. And they grow through the wet months. And you start reaping them. Different kinds of plants get reaped at different times uh, through what we think of as the early summer, but actually the very end of the wet season and going into the, the dry season, the summer. There we are. Now then, the scriptures use two other words which get translated like this. One word gets translated as the early rains. You might sometimes come across in the scriptures these two phrases, the early rains and the latter rains, or the, early, the, the spring rains and the autumn rains. But anyway, the phrase is the, uh, the early rains which come at the end of the summer, hence being called the early rains, are the first ones to come after the summer. And the effect of these early rains is to break up the hard soil and make it possible to sow the seed. It's very important. And then there are latter rains, which come right at the ones that come right at the end of the wet season, with a few showers ongoing into the summer as well. And what the latter rains do is they provide the water that's needed for these growing crops actually to mature. So there's a season in Israel called the season of the latter rains when uh, it really matters that rain comes in order that the crops that have been growing, the things that have begun would have all that they need in order to reach their full size and stature, in order to mature, in order to ripen. And that's why it says, ask the Lord for rain in springtime. If you were looking at this in a different translation of Scripture, you might find a slightly puzzling phrase, 
ask the Lord for rain in the latter rains. That's how it's sometimes... Make much sense, does it? It's already raining. It's the latter rains. Well, the point is, it's a season for rain, and the rain is needed. But here's what the scripture says when you're in that moment, when things are growing, but they've still got some way to go, when things are growing and you need rain, and it's the season when you've every right to expect rain to come, what do you do? You put your feet up and go, oh, it's all all right. It's going to be okay. Latter rains are coming. It's not what it says. What it says is in that moment, in that season, ask the Lord for rain. Don't, don't take it for granted. Don't say, well, why would... It would be easy to say, well, if God's building things, God will build things, and there we are, and it's up to him. But the word of the Lord is, in the season of springtime, ask the Lord for rain. Ask him to pour out from heaven all that is needed in order to see the things that have begun grow up and become all that they were always intended to be in order that we might get to summer. It's in that context, then, I want to come back to and say, that's why we want to pray for our finances together in the way that we do. Things are growing. You know, if we've got new social action and new developments of all the different kinds that I've been talking about, whatever possibilities spring out from all of that, they're all going to take money. Well, I'm not asking you for that money. I'm asking the Lord. That's uh, what the scripture says. Ask the Lord for rain. Can we pray together? Now is the time to pray for a breakthrough in the finances that are available in order that these things might flourish and become all that they're meant to be. I've nearly finished. And in a moment, we're just going to pray. Uh, ask the Lord for rain. You know, that, the phrase latter rain has often been used again and again, different groups in history, groups of Christians who became desperate for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit also picked up on this phrase, latter rain, and said, that's it. That's what, that's what we need. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I was reading, um, in preparing some notes for one of the leadership courses that we've got going at the moment, I was reading something of the story of Barney Coombs, whom some of you will know, who died last year, that was the founding father of our global network of churches. And this is part of his story in 1965, Barney was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is how he describes it. He said, I'd been to a meeting where a chap from the London Healing Mission was supposed to have been speaking, but he didn't make it because he was ill. <laughs> uh, the replacement was a woman from New Zealand who didn't speak terribly well, but she left some leaflets, and I took one of them. One was, uh, I took them. One was by Dennis Bennett about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I knew this was for me, so I knelt down in my room, and I said, Lord, I'm going to ask you once more for power. I'm not going to ask you again. I believe you're going to act. And the Lord met me powerfully there on my own. 
Barney recalls an occasion soon after when he was invited to speak to a Methodist women's meeting. And he said this, Usually, they'd sit there drinking tea, eating biscuits, and when you got up to speak, they'd start knitting. That week, I preached the gospel with an authority and power I'd not known before, and 17 out of the 40 prayed to receive Christ. Everything had changed. Uh, I don't know how to communicate this any better, but we need that. If this springtime that we have together is to turn into summer. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't know whether you're quite in the place that Barney was, where he's like, well, Lord, it's now or never. It's this prayer. I'm going to ask you now. Not again. Uh, we need some of that now or never. Like, now is the time. Now is the time to ask for rain. I feel a certain sense of a sort of um, certain fear of the Lord, which is if, if it is at all, let's go all the way back, if it's at all like this, if this is, this is the season that we're in, and now we have a drought, it'd be tragic. Little lambs. Not a time for drought, time for rain from heaven that would enable them and us and all that God's doing to grow to full stature. Now is the time to ask the Lord for rain, and we're going to pray together.